we hear in the Gospel of Luke, they were saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Come join us today on The Way with DJ. Well, hello, everyone. Um, Today, I thought what I would do is, since one of the goals of this podcast is to talk about people's faith journey, I thought what I would do is I would talk a little bit about my own faith journey. And I kind of have labeled this my own spiritual journey or my own spiritual turning points or whatever I'll eventually decide to name this particular podcast. Um, and I, what I did is I started to kind of make a list of some of those turning points in my life. I, I thought back all the way from when I was a ch- small child, and I thought to myself, okay, well, let's, let's go ahead and let's begin there, since that's the beginning of my faith journey, and we'll go all the way up to present day. And so I started making the list, and I came up with 25 items. Um, I might even add some more as I I am recording this podcast. And then I thought to myself, just as before I was getting ready to record today, I thought to myself, 25 items is going to be very overwhelming. It would be overwhelming for me to kind of give you a spiritual autobiography in just a 15 or 20-minute podcast. And so I decided um, just before getting ready to record today that I would kind of break it up. And, I, and I'm going to break it up probably beginning with my childhood spiritual turning points and then maybe go into the turning points that kind of formed me into the minister that I am today and then maybe talk about some realities or things that have happened maybe within the last 10 or 15 years that have been spiritual turning points. So this particular podcast tonight might turn into three separate podcasts. I think that that might be a good um, digestible chunk, so to speak, um, to make sure that you can kind of Um, you, the listener, can kind of sit back and kind of think to yourself, okay, this is where he's coming from. And maybe even um, if we, if I divided it into those three chunks to kind of, you know, people will, will glamour or people will go to whatever podcast that they feel might be appropriate for them at this particular time in their own faith journey. You know, they don't have to listen to um, you know, things that I was going through in my childhood, like becoming an altar boy and all those different types of things, if they are, you know, in the middle of their their adult life or maybe even reaching the end of their adult life. So um, so to kind of give them a little bit more, man- give you the listener, I should say, a little bit more manageable chunks of things. So, so tonight, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with my own spiritual turning points based on my childhood. Now, being 60 years old and kind of, um, you know, having to think back 60 years ago or maybe even less, maybe 55 years ago, um, it it really was kind of a little bit of a challenge for me to come up with some of the things that I went through in my childhood and my teen years that were kind of spiritual turning points. Um, There was a a kind of an emphasis in my household um, 
you know, of always going to Mass and, and every Sunday and, and even finding, you know, when we were traveling, even finding churches to attend Mass at, um, even if we were traveling. So we never really missed Mass. Um, the other thing, too, is that Mass was so important to us that, you know, we would attend the 12 o'clock Mass every um, Sunday, um, most every Sunday, I should say, and we would sit in the same pew, we would sit in the same order in that pew, and so on. And so, you know, that was that became kind of our pew, maybe 10 pews back, I think, on the left-hand side. So it was kind of, that might be, you know, the first spiritual turning point. The first, first spiritual turning point for me was the fact that, you know, my family um, established kind of a routine. They established the idea that we were Catholic, and that was something that we would do as Catholics, is that we would attend Mass as a family. And that's something that, you know, kind of stuck with me all the way up until, you know, the time that, you know, there were times that were where I wasn't with the family, maybe because I was on a Boy Scout camping trip, or maybe I had to serve a different Mass that, you know, the family would be going to, and so on. And so the first spiritual turning point, I think, is the the decision by my parents to kind of establish, um, establish that we were Catholics and Mass was a priority in our life. Um, my father worked six days a week. He worked um, Monday through Saturday, worked a half a day on Saturdays, but but still worked. And so Sunday was, was kind of, could have been his time, but he did feel it, that it was important that he gives thanksgiving to God and that, that we would attend Mass. And we attended that 12 o'clock Mass because, you know, that was really the only day that my, my, uh, my dad and, and in many cases my mom, when she started to work too, you know, that was the only day that, that he got to sleep in. And so um, Mass was important. Um, so that's really, I think, the first spiritual turning point. The other thing, that the next spiritual turning point, I think, was becoming an altar boy or an altar server. Um, one of the things that they came up, you know, and when I was in religious ed, um, because I was a public, I, I went to the public grammar school, one of the things that they talked about um, in religious ed is, you know, possibly being an altar server. And all, most, if not all, of the altar servers at the parish at that time came from the school. And so when they came out and they said, you know, would you like to be an altar server? That was something that I jumped at. And so I went and I did the training, um, you know, to become an altar boy. And not only was I scheduled for um, the, um, the Sunday Masses, but I also had to serve weekday Masses as well. And our parish at that time had two weekday masses. We had a 6.30 in the morning and then an 8.30 in the morning. Well, during the school year, obviously, I would not be able to go to the 8.30. So I, I was actually scheduled for the 6.30. And so one of the spiritual turning points, again, is me remembering how, you know, I used to get up. Uh, because during that time, we would serve three days during the week. Um, for a particular Mass. So if we were scheduled for the 6.30 Mass, we would be scheduled for it on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And so I remember um, going and walking to the church early, early in the morning um, for the 6.30 Mass. Um, and it was a wonderful experience. Um, it was a wonderful experience because 
I got to be part of the parish. I got to attend Mass um, in the morning. And it was something that was was a wonderful thing for me. And so I remember um, very vividly being able to be an altar boy and how important that was, you know, being able to wear a cassock and a surplice and go up and serve the priest um, up on the altar. Um, I remember, you know, having to memorize all the parts and all the things that we had to do as a server. Um, so that was a wonderful thing. And, I, and it, and it kind of gave me an appreciation not just for you know, the service that I was doing, but also for the liturgy. Um, so I remember that very vividly, and, and I was very proud to be an altar boy. The other thing um, that kind of piggybacks on that a little bit is the fact that when I was in eighth grade, um, the parish itself was turning 50 years old at that time. And so I was able to be chosen as one of the servers for the 50th anniversary Mass. And so I was able to be, you know, one of the servers. I was actually the crossbearer for that Mass. And I remember, um, you know, the bishop coming in. I remember um, all of the, um, you know, all of the concelebrating priests and all of those people that kind of came back to celebrate what St. Tecla was all about. And so I was very proud to serve and to, to be an altar boy for that particular Mass. The other um, spiritual turning point, I guess, that you could say um, that was very important to me is, you know, one of the things that I did um, when I was a child is that I, I, I started in, in scouting. And so I progressed up from, from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts, eventually to Explorers. And I earned the rank of Eagle. Um, but I also thought that it was very important that I go and earn the three religious medals that the Boy Scouts at that time and still to this day offer. And so religious medals became, again, something that I looked at as a spiritual turning point because I was learning more about my faith. I wasn't doing something that just, the, you know, the, the kids at the, at the parochial school at St. Tecla did, but I was actually doing something that was important. And it was something that I was doing in addition to religious education. So I wasn't just sitting through religious education because I had to do it. Um, I remember very, you know, very vividly not, you know, not feeling not like, you know, that, that I didn't want to be at religious education, that, that there was something that I actually look forward to doing. And, you know, after going to religious education and then being part of Scouts and re earning these religious medals, you know, the Parvuli Day and, and the Adaltari Day and the Pope Pius Twelfth Medal, you know, I, I felt that I was kind of doing more than the normal public school kid would do. And so that, looking back on that in my time in my life, you know, that that was certainly a spiritual turning point. I was, you know, the church, you know, in general, um, and the parish in particular, were very important parts of my life. Um, the scouting program that I was part of was part of the, the Boy Scouts, um, you know, the Boy Scout troop and the Cub Scout pack met at the parish. Um, so, you know, I was connected to the church even though I was a public school student. Um, I mentioned re religious ed. Um, you know, they called it CCD at that time. And we used to go to CCD on Sunday morning. So we would go um, to CCD for an hour, and then we would go to Mass for the other hour. And during uh, my seventh grade year, I made confirmation. You know, I was being prepared for confirmation. 
And one of the requirements for confirmation, even back then, um, was that you attended a retreat. And I remember going on this retreat, and I remember you know all the kids that were on the retreat sitting in a big circle, and we were kind of talking, and you know we were having a discussion, and one of the discussions was basically you know what you wanted to do when you grew up, you know what where was your career kind of heading you. Um, and it was that that retreat that, again, I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit move through me that I first um, articulated and I first told everyone at that retreat that I wanted to be a priest, that I was thinking about and really seriously considering being a priest. And what prompted it was um, one of my catechists, one of the, the teachers, actually went and kind of talked a little bit about his journey. And he talked about how you know, he had gone through a number of different careers, and he was probably about 26, 27 at that time. And he was going through, and he was talking about the different careers that he had kind of thought about. And he thought that, you know, the final career that he wanted to do was become a police officer. And so, you know, all that struggle and all that movement um, and all that, you know, trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his life, he finally figured it out. And I felt inspired in that moment. I felt inspired to be able to say, you know, well, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while because I really had um, to say, yes, I wanted to be a priest. So the next turning point um, kind of was a period of, you know, discernment. Um, and it was a period of, dis you know, I look back on it now, and it was certainly a period of discernment when I was 13 or 14 years old. Um, but I had, since again, I was a public school student, you know, the discernment was kind of easy that I was going to go to the public school. Well, after I had said that I wanted to be a priest, I knew that there was the high school seminary here um, in Chicago. And I, I, you know, I knew that Quigley was an option. And so um, before I went to freshman year at, at, at the public high school, at Taft High School, um, which is a very good school, uh, I told my parents that I really wanted to go to Quigley. Well, you know, they weren't too keen on that idea. First of all, because it was all the way downtown, so I'd have to take a bus and a couple L's to get down there. But then also, um, you know, there was an expense involved. Um, you know, it was only $800. The parish picked up, um, and the diocese picked up a lot of, you know, a big part of that. But $800 back then in 1977 was, you know, quite a bit of money. And so... Um, you know, my parents, especially my father, was very resistant to that fact in the beginning. And so I had to do convince, some convincing, and I had to convince my parents that that was really something that I wanted. Um, and they told me, you know, flat out, they said, you know, we can't do it now, but if you still feel in two years, you know, after your sophomore year, that this is something that you really want to do, we will send you to Quigley at that time. Well, um, my freshman year at Taft, I mean, I, I did good grades and I, you know, I had a lot of good, good experiences there. And I look back, you know, I still have some friends from, from Taft at that time. Um, but I also was miserable. I, you know, it was, was not the place that I wanted to be. And so I let that be known to my parents, you know, probably at every opportunity. Um, and finally they did acquiesce. Finally they did say, okay, you know, you can go ahead and you can um, study for the priesthood um, at, at, at Quigley. And I felt very proud. You know, I felt very proud, um, as a spirit, again, as a spiritual turning point, 
Um, that was something that, you know, I had to kind of learn. I had to learn to kind of wait for something that I really wanted, um, which was, you know, at that point in my life, something that I hadn't experienced before. Um, so it was a, and, and I had to discern, I had to discern if that was really where I wanted to go. And after I had discerned, discerned, I then had to communicate that to the authority figures in my life who, who at that point in time were my parents. And so I made that, you know, I made that decision and, and, you know, it was a wonderful decision. I mean, I loved my time at Quigley. I made some lifelong friends there. I mean, we still get together as a class and, and, and so on. So my spiritual turning point, you know, was again, trying to convince my parents, but also realizing that God had a plan for me at that time. And, you know, that going back and, and looking back at my freshman year at Taft, I mean, that was part of it. You know, there was the, the waiting that I had to, to, had to go through. And that was a good thing. It was a good thing. So looking back on it at that time, at, from, from, you know, some odd, you know, some 40 odd years later, it was a question of, of just kind of being patient and waiting for God's plan to kind of unfold. So my Quigley experience was very not very good. Um, going in as a sophomore, um, you know, into a, a kind of a smaller class, um, but being around the seminary, you know, being around priests, being around other young men who were thinking about priesthood, um, being around people that, you know, were discerning priesthood, the retreats, you know, all of the things that were part of the Quigley experience for me was 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 awesome it was a great great time and it allowed me to not only get involved in things um you know i I joined the the school newspaper almost automatically i played baseball i you know i did a bunch of a bunch of things at quigley you know after school activities and so on um so looking back on my quigley experience it it was a wonderful thing and then i also as i mentioned have made lifelong friends there so this was something that was certainly important for me. And then I'm going to end um, before I go into my college years with my next um, next podcast. But I'm going to end with um, probably one of the top two, um, maybe top three greatest spiritual turning points in my life. So it, it occurred when I was at Quigley. Um, when I was at Quigley... Um, it happened to be graduating the year that Pope John Paul II came to Chicago. And I was a senior at that time. And, and I remember the trip being announced. And I remember the rector coming in um, and, and getting all of us seniors together. We were down to, I think we were 37 or 38 at that time. And so um, got us all together in a room. And he said that... Um, what we were going to do is we were going to elect class officers. And they were doing it much, much earlier than they normally did. Usually it was done towards the end of October, November, and this time they were doing it in late September, um, just a few days or a few a couple weeks before the Pope was supposed to be here. And he did say, um, he did make mention of the fact that the person that was going to be elected president of the senior class um, would be able to actually go and um, present the gift from the school along with the rector, um, present the gift of the school 
to Pope John Paul II. So there was a certain um, excitement around when he came to Chicago. Um, I saw him, on, you know, a couple times. I, I was on the street on Milwaukee Avenue as his motorcade went by the Polish neighborhood there, and I, I got to see him from the motorcade. But, you know, I was thinking to myself that night as he was going down the motorcade down Milwaukee Avenue, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, if I see him, I see him. If I don't, I don't, because tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'm going to get to see him face to face, you know, right up close. So I remember getting up super, super early, um, trying to find a suit um, that I could wear. I actually bought or I actually borrowed one of my father's suits to wear because I didn't have a suit at that time. And so I remember it being a cold, cold morning. Um, I don't remember if it was raining, but it, it was pretty close. And, and I remember standing, you know, going to get down to Quickly North so super early in the morning because we were going to get on a bus and go down to Quickly South, which was at 79th and Western. And so we got down there and we're standing outside all the seminarians, you know, from all the seminaries in Chicago, both both Quigley's and Niles College at that time and, you know, St. Mary of the Lake, Mundelein Seminary and so on. And so we were standing there and we were, you know, just shivering and um, the rector came up to me. He was vested in an alb and I don't think he had a stole on, but, but he was vested in an alb. And, um, you know, I remember Pope John Paul II then coming, um, you know, onto the stage and them, you know, the people kind of ushering us up one by one as we presented the gift to the Holy Father. And so the Quigley North people gave him um, some money. We had done a collection for his favorite charity. Um, Quigley South was a little bit more creative. They actually gave him a soccer ball and he took the soccer ball and he actually bounced it on the stage, which, you know, kind of the way he had his charisma was was something that, you know, everybody is going to remember for sure. And so they, you know, th that was a highlight. That was a spiritual turning point in my life, being able to meet and greet the Holy Father and shake his hand. And I remember, you know, I remember his firm handshake. I remember looking up at him um, as I, I was presenting the gift and looking up at him and seeing that twinkle in his eye, that, you know, that Polish kind of twinkle um, from, from such a great man. And so that is certainly a spiritual turning point in my life, being Polish and being able to meet the Polish Pope and, and all of that and being able to meet the Pope at that time. And I, I have pictures, you know, I have pictures here in my office here at home and I have pictures at the office at the parish um, of me actually shaking hands with the Pope. So it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I am going to leave it there today. Um, you know, that is my... Um, that is my early experience um, as far as spiritual turning points. Um, and then on the next podcast for next week, um, I will pick up um, after I leave Quigley and, and, and go into college and, um, you know, the, just trying to decide on a career and so on and kind of lead up to, up to that where I am kind of in present day. So thanks for, you know, listening to my ramblings here today. Um, and I hope that, you know, you can see that, you know, all of us are on this spiritual journey. All of us are on a spiritual journey um, to get closer to God. And we have these spiritual turning points, these times when God kind of interjects himself into our life. And all of us have those. So 
maybe over this this week's time, you know, after you've listened to this podcast, you can kind of think to yourself, okay, well, what are some of my own spiritual spiritual journeys or my own spiritual turning points? And and if I were to define my life at this point in time, what can I do to, to, to kind of do that? So thanks again for listening and um, may God continue to hold you, each of you in the palm of his hand and may God continue to bless you every day of your life.